a new leaf on an NFL season, folks, you always make sure that the next weekend is there. Why? Because that's how the NFL season is. And with that, the Patriots are flipping a book from the Cowboys, moving on to the Saints back home at Foxborough. And to get the Saints perspective of things, I brought in from SaintsNewsOfSI.com and Boot Crew Media, one and only John Hendricks. John, my friend, how are you doing tonight? You are now a reoccurring guest here, actually, on YWC Football Talk. I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it. It didn't seem, uh, it seemed, you know, I like the new format because you get to see the AFC teams a lot more than you normally do. So I was there in 2021 and, you know, coming back again, it's pretty nice. I actually going to enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. And this time too, the stadium for you is going to look so much different because obviously they've undergone a $200 million renovation in Foxborough. So you have that as a whole, but just getting down to, we were talking about this off camera, getting down to the nitty gritty of the game. Obviously, this is a battle of two teams with influxing offenses where for Patriots for a couple weeks was like, hey, there's something there. But then obviously last week there was like a humbling experience. And I feel like it was a very similar thing with the Saints. Obviously, 38 to three loss to Dallas and you guys losing at home uh, 26 to nine to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's it's we're at a crossroads, right? I think this is a Saints offense. We looked at training camp, looked at everything that came up. We felt really good about things. I mean, essentially you got the talent, you've got the protection, you've got the quarterback, you've got it all put together. You get Alvin Kamara back, you're supposed to look a certain way. And, you know, this is going back to last year. This offense is, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, they've looked like crap, right? I mean, and the proof is in the scoring because they've gone 10-plus straight games now where they haven't scored over 20 points. It's just unheard of in today's NFL. And so they're really on struggle bus right now. Hoping that they can turn around this week. You know, a lot has to do with play calling. A lot has to do with execution, game flow, all this type of stuff. But, you know, this is the game that hopefully all the talk comes through. But we'll see. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. We'll see. Because I know from experience, like a lot of Saints fans and like some that I even live with, um, know that Pete Carmichael's really been a focal point of just being talked about to where it's always questioning what's he doing? Why is he calling certain plays? Do you credit that to what's been happening in the last couple weeks, or do you think it's been more the Derek Carr injury has been a real setback for this team? No, I think it's it's a combination. But, again, I think a lot of it's going to be on Pete Carmichael, and I don't think it's fair just to put blame on it. But for the Saints fans, and, and obviously here's where they're coming from, is that Pete Carmichael has been with this team a long time. And, obviously, Sean Payton's last year, what we were led to believe is, hey, the reins are passed to the guy who's been in this offense for 10-plus years. There should be no, you know, the continuity should be there, and that's not what we've seen, right? Now, I get it. They've had a lot of quarterback issues. They've had the shuffle, and it's just so far this is not developed. The chemistry hasn't been there for this particular offense. And, you know, Derek Carr said it on Sunday after the game that he's kind of surprised that it hasn't come together, you know, and for whatever reason, um, you know, it's, it's just a lot of miscommunication, a lot of misreads, a lot of – just play execution where, you know, you're under third and five and you're calling up receivers going 20 plus yards down the field. Doesn't make sense. And then vice versa, you're third and 10 plus and you got receivers running routes that are not even close to the sticks. And so it's been kind of maddening and it's been hard to watch for a couple of years now in this offense. When, you know, you looked at Drew Brees, every time Drew suited up, you knew you had a chance. It didn't matter if it was prime Drew Brees, peak Drew Brees, or, you know, just a guy that was uh, just a guy that come in here, at the last leg, if you will. But, you know, I think it's Derek Carter. He was well enough and healthy enough to play. So I don't know if I'd put that as an excuse necessarily, but, um, you know, they've got to be better.
Yeah, it, I feel like this game is a battle of two teams that are the exact same, where it's, you know, they're still trying to get over the franchise-altering quarterback, obviously led to multiple successes in New England, and obviously the Saints got their Super Bowl in 2010. But the defense, I think, is going to be a huge factor into here to where um, the defense is going to win this game. The takeaway battle is going to be crucial and critical because we saw it in 2021. I don't remember the player's name, but I know that there was a pick six against Mac in that game where the Saints, I think, won 26 to 10 or something like that. So I feel like this Sunday, especially too with the likes of Matt from the New England side, Matthew Judon, obviously probably on IR, done for the year. Christian Gonzalez looking like he's done for the year. But then on the other side of the ball, you have the guys like who I like to say are very underrated in Demario Davis, Cam Jordan. Marshawn Lattimore has been pretty solid this year. I know Paul Sanadibo is another guy. He's a little banged up right now, though, so we'll see if he goes. Same with even to I know uh, the rookie Byron Brees out of Clemson. So ultimately when it comes down to these these two teams on Sunday, I think it's really about not only which defense can play better, but whichever quarterback has better ball security. Absolutely. And uh, the player you're thinking about, Malcolm Jenkins when he was with the team and so his pick six is uh you know and so uh, look you're right I mean this is just one of those things where I kind of joked I was talking to some people I said look I think first person to crack 10 might win this game right I I just think that it's just that bad of what kind of offenses we've seen but the defenses have played extremely well um you know Dennis Allen has been such an instrumental turnaround to this team as far as their defense goes uh just since he came onto the scene and then just really making them a respectable unit when they once were a laughing stock of the league. I think this defense on paper and just coming in, they got more athletic on the interior. You mentioned Brian Bazee. You mentioned, uh, you know, guys that are ready like Mario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore, Cam Jordan. I mean, those are the household names when you think of the Saints defense, but it goes beyond that. You know, guys like Pete Warner, guys that yeah. like uh, Malcolm Roach on the interior, just so many that can do it, but, you know, going back to what you were talking about, just the quarterbacks with them, uh, you know, the Saints have got to get a pass rush going because the past two weeks it hasn't really been there from the edge guys. It's more, you know, delayed blitzes from corner like Alante Taylor and then in the interior with Brian Brzee. But, you know, ball security is always important in this league. you got to win the turnover battle. Statistics show you win that. Most chances you're going to win those games. Yes, yes. And how you were saying, too, it's like first to 10 because the over-under for this game is actually at uh, 40. But the sportsbook so far, it started with the Patriots being a two-and-a-half-point favorite, but now it's leaned to where the Saints are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. So I feel like a lot of people are very wish-washy on this game. Um, I was looking at the schedules ahead, and both teams have winnable games, let's call it. Like, this is a winnable game for either side. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, you want to be shocked to see the Saints win. You want to be able shocked to see the Patriots win. But then going down the line, I was looking ahead for you guys. You obviously have four AFC games in a row coming up. I saw at Houston, Jacksonville on a short week, Indianapolis, and then uh, a layup and a slam dunk with the Chicago Bears coming to town in week nine. I know it's not, nothing's guaranteed in this league, but look, when you let Denver, uh, when you give up a 28-7 lead to a team like Denver, tough sliding ahead. Um so when I because even too with the Saints going to Vegas next week. So I feel like too, whoever wins this game, it's a true Kickstarter to their season to where it's like, hey, you put the past behind you and you just move forward. Because at the end of the day, someone's going to be two. There's going to be either a potential for a two and three team or there's a three and two team. Because I always say this, and especially with your guys' case, two and three, a three and two is a lot better than two and three because before you know, hey, it can be four and two to where say if you lose next week, it's a three and three is a lot better than two and four and a fourth straight loss, obviously. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. And look, this early season success, we've seen it over the years. And, you know, look, I'll take a, a page out of Bill Belichick. He always talks about the season not starting until Thanksgiving. But, of course, you want to be in a position to be able to be in that conversation. So, clearly, a lot of these 100%. early games, they do count for sure. Um, you know, when you're facing the other conference, they're not weighted as much, obviously, as you're playing your conference or your division, obviously. But still, they matter. A win's a win, you know. Um, but the thing is that, look, it is a big stepping stone. And I think the urgency is there for this team. I don't want to call it a must win for New Orleans, but I think it's a must win for both of these guys. And it's just because you're wanting to turn the, the tide on your season a little bit, but for New Orleans, they know that they've kind of messed up. They blew the lead against the Packers. They should have had a better game plan against the Bucks, And that was kind of really shocking. They could be three and one, they could be four and zero, oh, but they could just as easily be zero and four right now, just because of what happened in Tennessee and what happened in Carolina. But, you know, this is a, stone in the right direction for one team for sure and look even whoever loses this game it's not the end of the world but you, you mentioned Houston's a team I think is a little bit ascending for the Saints uh, to face them especially at home uh, they've looked really good and then Jacksonville on a short week I don't know it depends on what Jacksonville team shows up and then you mentioned Indianapolis another rookie quarterback to have to face and then obviously Justin Fields and the Bears and whatever they're planning on doing. That was a real weird play call, not taking the points late in the game for them. <laughs> it kind of won up McDaniels for a bad decisions when he uh, decided to kick the field goal down eight instead of going, going for it. Um, so two questions I have, one has to do actually not with football, but I was, as you're talking, I noticed behind you, is that a Detroit Red Wings clock on over your left shoulder? Yeah, right it's, shoulder? it's actually like a little decoration, oh. a huge hockey fan that lives down here in South Louisiana played for 20 years. Um, so yeah, South Louisiana has hockey. It had hockey. It was back when the the semi pro, like ECHL, East Coast Hockey League, they had a big old oh, yeah. boom and stuff. And we had the ice skaters down in Lafayette, so I played. But I was a Red Wings guy. I'm way older than I look, so I was a '90s fan with the Red Wings. That's when I first started. Steve Eisman, Sergey Fedorov, Brendan Shanahan. More that mid '90s before they really hit their stride in the late '90s. But yes, I am a huge Red Wings fan. Lifelong suffering Leafs fan here. Um, uh, <laughs> oh man, you don't have to say the Boston jokes. Then it writes itself, right? Ah, oh, that's pain. I'm pain. I'm from I'm from Toronto. That's the thing. I am from okay. Toronto. Who cheers for a Boston oh, football man. team? Um, but uh, we're going back to football. The yeah. NFC South as a whole. I know that all off season it was that like joke of like you know the ugliest kid at prom competition. I don't mean to put down the division. It's just that's how it's been placed. No. Are you surprised to see, like, not how the division's gone, but the fact that, hey, instead of, like, one team I run away with it, you have, let's be honest with you, you have three teams that are good, then you have, like, six feet of crap, and then you have the Carolina Panthers down there at 0-4, so where, and wanting to trade for a number one wide receiver, which, let's leave David Tepper to do what he wants, but are you surprised that it's a bit of a competition now with Atlanta, obviously, 2-2, two and two, and the surprise, I would say, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 3-1 and one right now? Now, I don't think I'm surprised, and respectfully, they were dumpster fire last year, the whole division. And so, I mean, this is the turnaround. Every division has suffered something like that. But going into this season, I gave praise to the Falcons. I gave some praise to the Bears. The biggest question marks I had for Atlanta was, I don't think Desmond Ritter's their guy. It's only a matter nope. of time before they turn to Taylor Heineke. And then that offensive line was suspect to me. And so I think we're seeing some of that. That's where I really wasn't sold on Atlanta. I think defensively they can be strong. Now, Tampa 
is Baker Mayfield that, that had me concerned, right? And just the roster turnover with what they've had from the fallout of Tom Brady leaving. And so, look, I'll give credit where credit's due. Baker Mayfield looked outstanding against the Saints defense. He's looked good. I think he's got him in a right now if he can play with that confidence level i mean that's that's a sleeper team potentially but i don't know if that team or if the falcons are built for a run 17 games in this season i think it's going to be close but i don't think any team's going to run away with it you know, nor was i didn't think they were going to run away with it i thought the favorites of course we're four weeks into the season now a lot can happen in the next 13 games but you know again I'm surprised, but not surprised at how the division has been a little bit more competitive to start the year. And Carolina, I never took seriously. It's a first-year quarterback, first-year head coach, if you will. Not that Frank Wright's new, but first-year coaching regime with him. And so, a lot to, to kind of figure out there. Um, I'm going to go to Carolina quickly because I always felt like ever since David Tepper's got there, he's been obsessed with finding his guy. So that's just the thing where yeah. he's always been trying someone new. Like it was Teddy Bridgewater and it was Baker Mayfield and it was Sam Darnold. <laughs> yeah. So it was just like always just rinse and repeat of these quarterbacks to where, hey, they decided to go mortgage their future to get Bryce Young. Well, I feel like Bryce is going to be fine, but obviously right now CJ Stroud's looking incredible for the Houston Texans. Um, and then Atlanta, I completely agree with you too. I also wouldn't be shocked too if they're that team to where it's like, hey, Atlanta's in it. And then they kind of trip and fall and they lose like five of the last six games of the season. And then, because I, I I could see Arthur Smith gone after this year because it's been three years and it's just it's not working because you got to get a quarterback in there where it's like hey he can run and throw because you have a very hyped up rookie running back you have a third year tight end who was hugely hyped up coming out of college and then you do have Drake you do have Drake London you do have Cordero Patterson so there are pieces there and their defense has got some pieces to it as well and then Tampa it's just Tampa's playing with house money it's Tampa's playing with house money it's like I'm gonna take an example from your neck of the woods. It's like when you're at Harrah's and you've got some free blackjack coupons and you're just kind of, you know, you keep winning and winning and winning. So that's, that's Tampa right now. That, that's Tampa. <laughs> yeah. Just let it ride until the wheels fall off. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And then the Saints are a wild card in the sense of where I feel like they're never not going to be in a game. They're never. I know last week was 26-9. It was a 17-point loss. But they're always going to be a competitive football team to where I feel like people can kind of forget about them. And then all of a sudden, it's that like the opposite of Atlanta where I was saying earlier where it's like, hey, people may have forgotten about them, but then they win like five of their last six games of the regular season because ultimately out of all those four teams, and I've experienced it live and you've experienced it numerous times, the playing at the Dome is a huge advantage in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I, I And it's been kind of lost in a lot the past couple of years. They haven't been as good of a home team as they've been a road team. And, and look, you know, if they can figure this offensive thing out, they're going to be in a good spot. And that's the biggest thing, the key to unlock this team, because the defense has done their job and then some every single game. They've kept them in it. They had that point streak finally put to bed. Fine, that's good, fine and dandy. But this is still a top unit that does a lot of things. But at the same time, you know, case in point, last week, Bucks were driving. You know, it's 7-3. to three. And you got a big pick at the end uh, in the end zone, and then you give the ball right back, and it suddenly becomes fourteen three. Those are the types of things you just can't have happen in the NFL. It's just that's they they're not a team that has luck or fortunate situation. They just don't have it. Um, so they could be pretty pretty dang good uh, in all phases of the game, most consistently. But they can figure this thing offensively. I think they can go on a tear. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And when I say the the dome, I'm referring to more just the sense of 
it's a game you get up for. It's a game where you know that the crowd's yeah. going to bring it. Like, obviously, Tampa's got – obviously, yeah. I'm not knocking any fan bases, but all NFL stadiums are loud, but there's there's something about walking into Caesar Superdome and it's just being like – Yeah. These, these they, they get up. You get – you get the people in the pulp outfits. You get the one old guy in the clown. There's the guy in the, the Darth Vader <laughs> outfit. Like people, yeah. like I, I've experienced Superdome. When the Patriots come play in 2025, I really want to make my way down there and watch watch them play again because I know too away fans that are treated with kindness and respect, Southern hospitality. Yeah. Um, moving on to this, back to our game this Sunday. Obviously, so the one the few things we know about the game so far off the field is that Alex Kemp is the ref. So we'll see how that goes. Obviously, some controversy with him Sunday night, and then Kevin Harlan, Trent Green calling the game, which Kevin Harlan game, never had a problem with. Love the guy. Yeah. But on the field, the Saints have – I want you to answer this for me. The Saints have to do one, two, and three to ensure victory Sunday. They have to get points up on the board early. So that means they have to sustain drives. Um, they have to be able to run the football, right? I think that's the tempo that they need to establish here. That's the first big thing. You look at last week, they had 11 drives. Six of them were five yards and less. I get the last two, you're trying to make stuff happen, but, man, that's just hard offense to watch, right? And so I think the first thing is get some confidence early, get some points up on the board, put some drives together. It doesn't have to be just build and build and build and just make it work. And then the second thing is I think they got to get this pass rush going. You know, I think that's a big miss that they've had. Gave a contract extension to Carl Granderson, who is an undrafted free agent. He was looking really good in training camp, looking strong in the first two games. He's kind of disappeared the past two. And, you know, the problem is that they haven't been able to generate a pass rush in the past two games. And so one of the plays that when I was breaking down the film, Baker Mayfield had over eight seconds to throw. It just is not not cool, right? I mean, any defense, it's just not okay. And so I, I think they got to get a pass rush going to knock Mac Jones off for their game. It, and the thing is, the, if key number one happens where you can take, you know, the Patriots fans out of this game early and try to put the pressure on Mac Jones, I think that's what the best course of action for you. And then third, you just got to take care of the football. You know, you just got to make sure that you are smart with your decisions. You know, it, it's interesting because a, another to go on, their footing is kind of sucked. That was sucked in, in, in Dome last week. It sucked against the Packers. They're going out on another outdoor field in, in, in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium. They got to make sure they got their footing because there's many times we've seen them stall and, and it leads to a big play or miss coverage or miss this or that. So they got to be able to make sure that they've got their right equipment on. And I know that seems silly, but, you know, this is a team that has to make sure that they put it all together and play complimentary football because they can't win if they don't play complimentary football. I, I completely agree with all of you because New England's keys are very similar to where it's because both offensive lines, there's been multiple combinations. I know multiple injuries. Cesar Ruiz, I think, has missed a game or two. Um, I noticed there was some on the injury report today, like Eric McCoy and Ryan Ramchek, who I believe Ryan Ramchek's the best offensive lineman on that team. Uh, so that's going to be a huge thing, too, because especially with the Patriots, they've had some offensive linemen like Trent Brown, City So, and then also Cole Strange banged out through the first parts of the year. Cole Strange didn't even suit up last week. So my first key is their pass protection has to give Mac time to throw the ball because Mac Jones had a very similarish performance to what we saw Monday night with Daniel Jones, where you don't give him enough time to throw the ball. You start making silly mistakes, which led to two just throws where it's just getting rid of it. You land it right in the hands of a DB and that DB runs it back to the house to, for a pick six. Yeah. The other one too is max ball security, just because we saw what happened on Sunday as well with the 
if he has if he's holding the ball properly instead of holding it out like he's about to throw, the fumble probably doesn't happen. But Leighton Vanderesh scoops and scores because they did have the Dallas Cowboys um, close. It was ten to three at one point. It was three three. Dak with a drop in the bucket TD to CD Lamb, which I know there's plays you're not going to stop. So yeah. that's just nature of the beast. And then the third one for me is truly going to be the wide receiver and DBs matchup because more than the New Orleans DBs on the Patriots uh, players, I think it's reversed because we have, I've been, so I'm a big Chris Olave guy. I know he's always been great to see it. Cause I know, especially too, the last time you and I spoke was before the last Saints Patriots game, which was two years ago. So guys, every two years, hopefully John Hendricks on the show, maybe sooner, <laughs> but um with that, I want to see how does our secondary, which is pretty banged up, go up against the likes of a John, like with the likes of a Chris Olave, with the likes of a Michael Thomas, and also too, I know he's been hurt the last couple of weeks. But how does a Foster Moreau, if he does play on Sunday, match up? Especially because I know Juwan Johnson looking like he may not play Sunday. I know he's got a, you know he got hurt against Tampa. Um, how does he match up against like a New England safety and Kyle Duggar, who's done really well? If you had, if one stat wants you to look at is Dallas Goddard, who is a premier tight end in the NFL goose egg and catches in week one against new england and there's a reason for that so those are my main keys is just offensive line play ball security and how do the dbs do because especially to new england's defensive back room is pretty banged up at the moment especially with the loss of christian gonzalez today yeah i think that's fair you know and the thing is with the saints offense again on paper they have very talented you mentioned thomas mr lave Jimmy Graham, he was he yeah. played a lot of snaps. He didn't get any targets last week. I don't understand that one for sure. You got Kamara in the backfield. Um, another one to watch out for is Rashid Shahid. I mean, he's that number three in fun the name to say. I call him now. <laughs> he's a super fun and he's a super electric player, and not only in the receiving department, but in the return game as well. I mean, this guy is, is somebody that can really stretch the field, run a lot of different routes and such. So I think he's a guy that you know you got to keep an eye on. And and the thing is. If you give Carr the time, give him the looks, he's going to test that secondary. I don't think there's going to be any problems with him throwing the football in this one. He looks good in practice. I mean, he's slinging the football, slinging it hard. So I think we're not having to worry too much about this shoulder issue. But, you know, they're taking it easy with him being limited in practice. But, again, if they can't control those weapons, I mean, and Thomas is a physical corner. Alave is coming off a really bad game. I mean, his worst statistic game I think I've ever seen him. And, and I think going back to college too, catch for four yards, it just doesn't happen with him. And uh, I think he's in a big rebound candidate for sure. But again, you mentioned uh, this, the weapons in this offense. It's going to be, you know, they just got JC Jackson. I don't know how quickly he'll be up to speed, but I think it'll be a little bit easier for him. But that's definitely going to help the Patriots out a good bit if he plays. It's it's going to truly be a very exciting game Sunday. Like it's one of those ones where it's just hope for the best because ultimately, if New England does lose, this does. I don't like to put the curtains title on too soon, but two and three sounds a lot. I know two and three for you guys. It's like so. Say if we both walk out of Gillette Stadium Sunday at two and three, you literally me figuratively. Um, walk out of Gillette Stadium at two and three. It's like okay, they're building something. But if the Patriots do fall to one and four on the year, it's going to be a very rough hill to climb, especially considering after Vegas, Buffalo and Miami back to back, which is not easy to do at all. So for the Patriots, I I'm going to label this a must-win game Sunday more than like a game where I'd like to see them win. Because like I said, I can see other team winning, but I honestly think for the New England Patriots, this is a must-win game Sunday afternoon in Foxborough. Yeah, and I could see that. I mean, desperation, you're going to see what happens when you're in a, a backed in a corner. I mean, again, you got to keep pace in, in this division and such. Obviously, it's a big deal with, with Buffalo and New England. And 
uh, I mean, Buffalo and, and Miami, you know, kind of at the top of the, the, the pecking order, if you will. And so path to a wild card. I mean, there is the AFC is loaded. I mean, the AFC is yeah. farly the superior conference right now uh, in terms of talent, just coaching, just everything that's available. And so, I, again, it's going to come down to, I think, who's the more desperate team and who executes the best. And so, look, Bill Belichick, there's a lot of respect between these two franchises, these two coaches, these players that are on here. You know, I mean, Bill Belichick singling out a guy like JT Gray, a special teams guy. Not many people know who he is, but he's an all-pro guy. He's a guy that makes a big difference. I mean, Bill Belichick is, is obviously a super respected coach. For, for him to know the ins and outs, the intricate details of the Saints, I mean, you know that that he's going to try to do his best to game plan. And Dennis Allen's a chess match. You're going to have to figure out how you stop him offensively and how he's going to stop them def- uh, offensively as well. 100%. And hopefully we get a game like we saw 10 years ago in Foxborough. Obviously the Tom Brady miracle <laughs> Yes. In a game where I was told, where my grandparents were over and I was told, do not freak out. And what happened when that touchdown hit? I freaked out. So, sorry, Dad. That's what I mentioned. But I think I told you that my father's a Saints fan. So, Sunday's going to be a lot of fun in my household. Um, Good. One, I have, so, I have a question and a statement to make for you. The uh, question for you quickly before we wrap up is, Dennis Allen, if you guys do miss the playoffs this year, do you think he's gone? Or do you think it's that, hey, change the system like internally, like maybe offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and then you get another year with your people? Or do you think it could be potentially his name on the way out of New Orleans this year? And then the other one, too, is after you're done answering, let the people know where they can find you and what you do. Sure, and I'll have a follow-up question for you, too, on that one. But yeah. What I would tell you is about DA, he's got the trust of the the owner, Gail Benson, trust of GM Mickey Loomis. I don't see – I think they're so talented. If they miss the playoffs, I think there's some tough conversations to be had and they're going to have to reassess some things. In in a sense, DA brought all of his people in that he wanted from a coaching staff, people that he didn't necessarily want from the Sean Payton regime. Some got promoted, some got not retained and such. So he has his coaching staff. He's able to pick his players. And so you don't have much of an excuse to stand on if you don't make the playoffs. Now, I get it. Offensive coordinator, that could be a quick scapegoat. They do have Ronald Curry on the staff. So it's like if you don't get this this traction that you need in the next couple weeks to make it. I'm not saying fire Pete Carmichael. They call in duties. Give it to Ronald Curry. See if something changes. But if they flat out just have a, a bad season like they did last year, I think he's really on the hot seat. I don't know that he would get fired because I think they might say, well, we give them one more chance and if it's not there then it's not there so i think that's probably where they would be thinking on that and then as far as following me and all the information that you can get saints.media is probably the easiest way you've got my twitter tag on tag uh at john j hendrix and if you're following along for the game uh, i'm sorry i spoil your game it's just how it works as people say i live in the future i'm sorry just mute me. That's probably the easiest way. And then Boot Crew Media on YouTube um, or, you know, si.com slash NFL slash Saints, all the writing, the video recaps, all that fun stuff there. And my question was that I believe we're going to bar Louie after the game. What do I want to eat from there? Whew, bar Louie. I don't know if – don't think I've ever been to bar Louie. I went – because I'll be okay. honest with you. I made my first, I made my first pilgrimage to, uh, to Foxborough. Actually, it was this weekend last year when we beat the Detroit Lions uh, 29 to nothing. But I can recommend for you, while you're there, if you have time on Saturday night, 
visit the Little Italy in the North End. You won't okay. like. There's just a row of restaurants you can't go wrong. The one I went to is uh, Aria Tartaria. You might need a reservation. I don't know. I'm not sure where where they have. You, if you guys are staying closer to Gillette or if you're staying in Boston or not. So it's up for there. But yeah, that's I. Sorry to bust your chops on that one, but I unfortunately haven't been to Bar Louie. But tomorrow night to do a segue, I do a quarterly Patriots recap with a couple of my guys here. And I will ask them, and I may send you a DM tomorrow night after the podcast, or you can check out tomorrow night's podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on my YouTube channel. So cheap little plug for me. And I was going to mention that too, but I forgot. Every time I follow you and I'm watching a Saints game, like I know what happens a second before, and I'm, I'm just like, I'm just going to shut up and just watch the game because if I know what's coming, I'm like, just John the future teller in the stadium. Yeah, it happens. I mean, it's just one of those things. I, I it's, Some people say, I know how, how far my stream is behind it and some other things. It's just... I don't know. Sometimes I just see these things. It's like matrix type thing. Just see what's coming, know what's coming and all those types of things. So I, I'm sorry, but you know, it's just part of the territory. You know, it, you got, it just, you, you got the script leaked to you early. It's all good. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I forgot. I got the NFL script, so I just can't <laughs> tell everybody what it is, but I know it. <laughs> oh, it's all good. Well, anyway, guys, Saints Patriots this Sunday on one o'clock on CBS. If you want an exact map of where the game is going to be airing, if you, it's in your neck of the woods, John did tweet out a picture of that earlier today. So go check out his Twitter at John J. Hendricks. I know it's X, but I still call it Twitter. But anyway, guys, that's going to do it here for episode number 252 of YWC Football Talk tomorrow night. Pat Lane, McGarvin, and I, you know, for Patriots in a week five preview. But anyway, guys, have yourselves a good night and. John, may the best man win. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.